I really can't believe that we are heading into fight week for UFC 262. I really feel like we just had 261. But, hey, I guess time flies when you're having fun or time flies when you were pleasantly surprised by a main event that we got at UC Vegas 26 that I wasn't really expecting much from. But even though it was mostly a one-sided ass whooping, it was still an entertaining one-sided ass whooping. So I was pleasantly surprised. But still, seeing uh, Donald Cerrone go down like that did not leave a good taste in the mouth, Blake. But uh, what would you really expect from that? But of course, this is Fourth Long LLC. This is UFC Talk. And I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by the UFC correspondent, Blake Campbell. Blake, how are we feeling today? Feeling good, feeling great, can't complain, got a UFC pay-per-view to look forward to this weekend. Oh yeah, you know, we always gotta, gotta hype up the shows once the, when we're heading into the pay-per-view weekend, even though this show's already taken some hits, a couple, I mean, losing uh, the pretty much um, some of the, the co-main event, the first five-round co-main event in UFC history, lost that one, losing another fight recently between Hermanson and Shabazian, a really good middleweight clash that we're not going to get anymore, at least not at this date. But, but Blake, let's be positive because we still have plenty to look forward to, okay? There's still a lot of real good fights on this card. This main card, at the least, is looking pay-per-view level, especially with what may happen in this main event. But before we get into things properly with our UFC Biggest 26 recap, let's thank our sponsor for the show for all your sports prop betting needs. The MLB season's in full swing. The NBA season's kind of winding down. So is the NHL season, but we're heading into playoffs for those two leagues. So, so what better time now than to get going on some sports prop betting? If you deposit $20 and use promo code fourth and long and up to $50 on that deposit, they will match you dollar per dollar. So you can essentially get some free cash to bet on. Then also, if you go over to patreon.com slash fourth and long and for just $1 a month, you can get started to become a prestigious member of our Patreon supporters and get access to a plethora of goodies that come along with that but Blake like I said let's get rolling into our UFC Vegas 26 recap uh, I mean first off just a couple things before we get into some of the fights specifically let's talk about Carlson Harris pulling off the very rare anaconda choke in round one against Christian Aguilera Christina Aguilera over there um man I don't know I just gotta give credit to that because I thought that was pretty badass but one of the first things we need to talk about is Phil Hawes looking absolutely phenomenal against Kyle Dawkins? What do you think about this one? Does uh, it, it, Kyle's kind of hit a wall? It seems like already, uh, whereas his brother's thriving, he is not. And Phil Hawes looks to really propel himself, hopefully into the top fifteen sometime soon. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate for Dawkins. I mean, kind of living in his brother's shadow a little bit, so to say. No, literally, he is bigger. <laughs> that too. Yep, physically, and you know uh record wise as well but i mean you can't take anything away from phil haas he went out there had a good performance and you know docus has some things to work on obviously i mean if you just look at the strike the total strike numbers it's Don't pretty much a three to up, one man. advantage you know Jeez. so and then significant strike it's almost the same it's about half so mm-hmm. so yeah docus has some 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 things to work on and uh haas is definitely ready for that next step up in competition and maybe we could see Haas break into that middleweight top 15 soon. Maybe 
with the uh, recent guys near that bottom of the list, you know, 15, Brad Tavares, uh, you know, 14, uh, Omari Akhmedov. Um, Akhmedov dropping a couple spots recently. Uh, Brad dropping a spot. We might be able to see Phil Haas match up against one of those guys and get his chance to, to break in into some of the best of the best in the world of the 185-pounders. So we'll see if he gets that opportunity here soon. And then also... Making his return, and this is my favorite fight, and this did win five the night as well. We saw the questionably greatest fisherman in the world. We'll get to that in a moment. Gregor Gillespie, he gets a huge TKO in his return to the cage in about a year and a half. You know, was undefeated, got his head kicked and sent to the graveyard by Kevin Lee. That's where Kevin Lee fits into all of this for those asking that question. But he makes his return. He breaks out of the grave. He, uh, you know, becomes a zombie, and he goes out and just has a questionable first round. He looks almost gassed. He's stumbling around to his corner after that first round. But, hey, I guess that was all a show because he puts in some nasty ground to pound on Freya in the second, and he gets the win in this one, a huge one. And best of all, Blake, he was awarded since Diego missed weight. He was awarded 30% of his purse. Also, his half of the uh, five of the night bonus, so he walks away with an extra thirty percent of a, of a purse and an extra one hundred thousand in bonuses. And you bet that is going to buy him some great fishing gear. Yeah, I know, right? That's like the first <laughs> thing that I was thinking about. Like, what's he going to buy? What kind of fishing gear is he going to buy with all maybe, that extra money? Maybe some deep sea stuff because I know that stuff could be a little pricey. But I mean, that, that just goes to show you I mean, what a consummate professional this guy is. Fajeda came in there, if I'm not mistaken, four to four and a half pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's 160. 160 Gillespie and a half. still accepted the fight, didn't care, got the got the win, not only got the win, but got an impressive win, fight of the night bonus. So double that, you know, it pretty much, and then tack on the 30% increase in pay mm-hmm. uh, from, you know, Fajeda's purse. I mean, basically, he hit the jackpot really. I mean, but <laughs> the hard work matched where uh, the luck fit in. Right. Mm-hmm. So he kind of, he kind of broke that door down in the sense, like the door was there, right. The opportunity was there and he broke it down and, and made the most of it for sure. And that's really good stuff to see. I'm excited for his next fight because it looks like he still has a man. He was quick on the ground. I mean, a guy that's won it was a four time all American NCAA all American wrestler. He beat Ma- uh, Michael Chandler. You know that? Be Michael Chandler, man. That which is hard to 09, do. 09, 07, 09, something like that. <laughs> That's insane. Thanks for bringing that. I had no idea. That is he he's a talented guy. The guy that averages what was it like a takedown, 1.06 takedowns a minute. And let me be clear, that was in wrestling college NCAA wrestling. Yeah. Not not in MMA. No. <laughs> no, two different things, but nonetheless, still very very impressive because Michael Chandler is a fantastic wrestler. We'll talk a little more of that when we get into our UFC Vegas 262 preview. Um, and then the next fight with this one, too, was we saw a couple guys, a couple Neils coming off of losses in the welterweight division. Neil Magny, most recently. Battle losing, of the Neils. Battle of the Neils, man. The, 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 what's, can we get some alliteration? The, one the Neil to rule them all. I love it. <laughs> That's why we have you on, Blake. That's why we pay you the big bucks. Just gotcha. kidding. Um, so Neil Magny, most recent fight was with Michael Chiesa. And in that fight, Neil Magny got ragdolled and just absolutely smothered. Um, that was in the lead up. That was on that Wednesday Wednesday morning card. The weirdest time I've ever seen for UFC. But hey, I got to watch UFC work, so that was cool. Um, and then 
uh, Jeff Neal most recently coming off a loss to Stephen Thompson. Magny essentially just controls Jeff Neal this, this for the majority of the fight. He got some good shots in, although Jeff Neal didn't have some flashes in this fight. He did get some good clean shots on Neil, but uh, on Magni, but of course it wasn't enough. Uh, Magni wins a decision. And with this, he ties um, Diego Sanchez and George St. Pierre for most decision wins in UFC history with 12. And Neil Magni also reaches his 18th Walter Waite win. And this is just one behind George St. Pierre. So Neil Magni, a little under the radar, Getting close to some GSP records, which is kind of crazy to think about because it feels like this guy's hardly talked about or at least not talked about enough. But what did you think, your thoughts on this fight, Blake? Not the most entertaining, obviously. I mean, it's it's just a smart fight by Neil Magny. He controls, mm-hmm. you know, the the fight where he wants to where he wants to do his work from and limits the damage that he's going to absorb from Jeff Neal. So, I mean, pr- props to him for kind of you know, going out there and executing his game plan, but that's just not going to be a, a memorable fight in my mm-hmm. opinion. Uh, but I mean, it's still, it keeps him alive, right? It keeps him alive in that yeah. top seven, eight ish or so, mm-hmm. right. In the division. Yeah. And he was now, a, he'll probably be moving now. Now Jeff Neal's kind of going to, going to be on the outside looking in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so we'll just have to seek the, the story with Neil Magny, man, is I feel like when he gets those opportunities for those next level fighters, he just, it, it's very, uh, you know, up and down for him. I would yeah. say like he'll, he'll win one, but then he'll, he'll lose the next really important fight. Mm-hmm. And then he's back exactly where he started, right? He's back to seventh. Eighth. And then he gets the win again to put him back up. And Yeah. So are we, to, I guess you got to keep on giving him shots until he eventually breaks through. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's just weird that Kiesa ragged all them like he did, man, because yeah. Kiesa is a lightweight. Uh, that's where he started at least. And now mm-hmm. it, it, it's crazy how, how much he's come into his own in this welterweight division. And then so, he's getting called out by the champ. Yeah. Now he's getting called out by the champ. Um, Magni has Magni faced Usman. He's faced Usman, huh? Uh, probably. He's probably one of the people on the hit list of Kamara Usman. I was going to say, cause I mean, it probably only takes one more, uh, you know what? I wouldn't mind Magny running it back. Uh, well, not really running it back, but getting that fight with uh, with Hamzat. I was going to talk about that because let's take a look at what we should do next for these two fighters now, Blake. Um, if we're looking at purely uh, um, rankings and what to do from there, a Maya or Vincente Luque makes sense. Or if you really want to be generous, if you're looking just by the rankings, but again, we're doing logic. If we're thinking logically here, Jorge Mazdal could be a name that you could throw into the hat. But this is UFC. We don't think logically when it comes to uh, to making fights a lot of the time. That's no knock on Sean Shelby. He does a fantastic job. Okay, but to your credit, uh, Magni Dick talked about Hamza Jamayev. We never got that fight. I do want to see that fight. Uh, is that the one to make at this point? I think it would be a really solid test for Hamza. I mean, who knows though if they want to give a give him such a you know durable and you know cardio machine guy like Neil Magni for his first fight back when he just battled COVID and mm-hmm. that kind of had a you know prolonged effect on him. So. Yeah, it did. So maybe maybe they give him someone else or just a tune-up fight to start out with, but but yeah, for me personally, I would love to see Neil Magny fight a Hamzat and just like kind of 
because then that would be another really good win on his record. And then you, there's no denying him, right? Like mm-hmm. he needs to fight a top five. He needs to fight a top six type guy yeah. and then get that next opportunity to possibly break in there again. Maybe. And He'll I be- answered my question. Uh, when I looked through Wikipedia just now, he has not fought Usman yet. Oh, um, Neil Magny, that is. So that's another person that, you know, Usman might have to clean out. Eventually, you know, once he starts running through the, the, the top of the card, or the top of the division a second time, you know, after he's beaten everyone, maybe besides Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, though, because we still haven't seen that fight. And damn it, you bet I want to see that one. Then maybe for Jeff Neal, we take a step back to the to the lower portion of the welterweight division. If you look at the uh, number 11 guy behind him, Lee Jing Lang, who um, just recently, the slug, got a win um, back, was it in March? It uh, was a UFC 259. Um, and then we also have possibly a number 12 guy, Bilal Muhammad. This wouldn't be a bad fight. I would like to see Bilal get a tougher fight. Hell, maybe we see Bilal Muhammad versus uh, Neil Magny. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that because I believe Bilal is legit and we should and could push him to the moon in that division. But I guess we'll just wait and see. Um, and, but now we get to the co-main event. Uh, what a lot of people said was the real main event of UFC Vegas 26. And this was a fight that made everyone absolutely sad. Um, we had Alex Morano, of course, the guy that we interviewed last September. Go check that out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can get your podcast from. Fantastic interview. Really good guy, too. Um, so and that was his fight. And that was uh, before his fight with uh, Anthony Pettis, who was Anthony Pettis' last fight in the UFC promotion. Um, but... Alex Morano starts his Cowboy Cerrone in the first round, knocks him out, standing up for just his second KO in his UFC career. Cowboy Cerrone, he's now 0-5-1 in his last six fights. And he is going to get another fight, according to Dana White. He, Cerrone won another one. I mean, how are you feeling about this? Because I'm not sure what to feel, Blake. It was just unfortunate, you know. Um, I don't, I just don't know. Uh, I think it's to the point to where uh, cowboy, I know he's that kind of guy that, that says anyone, anywhere, anytime, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't matter. But I think this, at this point in his career, it, it does matter. I think it should, it should very much so be on him and his team's terms, whoever he wants to fight. Mm-hmm. And especially at which weight class he's trying to fight out, which is 155. It sounds like. Um, I mean, Murano, I saw, I saw his post-fight inter- interview. He said, I mean, Cowboy looked game. I mean, he felt, he felt game. Like anytime I squared up with him or I was around him all week, mm-hmm. he seemed like the same, you know, game kind of guy ready to, ready to fight. Well, I don't even think in we there, should, I want to give credit to Alex Murano for this too, because he got a huge scalp on this one. The guy that's been, I just don't think it was a good matchup at all. It was just so tough preparing yeah. for a Diego Sanchez and then getting a young, hungry wolf like Murano. It's just, it's that's a completely maybe different not the wolf, story, but more or less the great white, you know, he's a, he's a shark, Blake. He's a shark. Sure. You can say that. <laughs> sure. <can> say that. <laughs> not trying to bring races in here, bro. You know what I'm saying? Wait, 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 where are we going with this one? Unbelievable. You know, you bring race in here saying great whites and stuff. That sounds <laughs> yeah. a little, I don't know, bro. I don't know, where going I, with, I don't know where you're going with that. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anyway 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 we all all feel bad for cowboy let's yeah 
but I mean, you can't feel too bad for me. Signed up for it, and you got paid for it. So it's um, so it was Morano. clearly worth it in his opinion, no matter Morano, what. Man, for him at least, he's going to be breaking up. He might be able to get to uh, near that top fifteen of uh, of the welterweight division. Maybe getting closer. I guess Robbie Lawler is still there at fourteen. I don't know if he's ever going to fight again. But hey, if Robbie Lawler is going to fight, let's give him against Alex Morano. Uh Robbie Lawler. I mean, speaking of him, Blake. So of course. On last week's show, we gave you our Walter Waite, Mount Rushmore. Uh, we agreed on three of them, Blake being GSP, Kamar Usman, and Matt Hughes. We agree- disagreed on the fourth one, though. I went with Tyron Woodley, and Blake went with Robbie Lawler. Two guys that you could easily make an argument for. Uh, really not a bad one either, uh, or for, um, for either choice. But that's just according to us, not according to former champion, Tyron Woodley, of course, went on our Instagram post on that one and says, I knocked him out. Debate over. You, you think that's a good way into the debate? I think it's over. I think it's over. You know, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> oh, too bad you wouldn't come on the show to debate further. Um, you know, shoot your shots, kids. Shoot your shots on that one. Um, but, yeah. I guess maybe we can do something like that for Murano, but he deserves a little bit of push because this is a fantastic knockout over. I mean, although he's streaking with his losses, this is still a solid win. Anytime you can get anyone, especially a veteran in this game, uh, with a uh, knockout outstanding, that's good stuff if you are a fighter. But that's going to take us into the main event of the evening with the Marina Rodriguez. She continues to climb up this woman's uh, um, flyweight division, and she smashes Michelle Watterson. And M- Michelle Watterson, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not sorry to say this, but I mean, is this safe to call her wash at this point? Because I, I think that's a fair assessment. Watterson, she had flashes in this one, but during the 25 minute contest, it's really Marina doing just about everything, putting these sick three piece combos together. Almost it will the entire fight. Uh, it, it didn't really look. Well, I mean, how much at bigger all. is Marina than than Michelle too? You know, I, just is she seems huge. Well, she compared to, to she, compa- she uh, did to Michelle. Yeah, I mean, let, let's see if we can bring up. Uh, can we can we bring up the tail of the tape on this one? Uh, Marina Rodriguez, she she's good though, man. I I, I she's really started. To, what's been I've noticed though, so she's really. Kind of come up, I mean, beating uh, like the, her last three fights, wins over legends of the division, like, you know, Carla Esparza, uh, I guess I want to call her a legend, but solid contender of the division, Amanda Hibas, uh, a fight that unfortunately got pulled. Blake, Blake's banker is coming in clutch again with another cursed fight with Hibas uh, <laughs> and, and um, um, with that fight being pulled. So that was a good, good job, Blake. I'll give you the credit on that one, okay, with, with Angela Hill. Huh. Why do you keep doing this? It's like, I just want to answer your question. Why do you keep doing this to us? It's not my fault, bro. He bus was clearly doing some sus stuff. Sus. <laughs> I just can't believe that Asparza beat Rodriguez. I mean, Rodriguez must have just got out wrestled in that fight or something. If Asparza is going to win, it's going to be, be through that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I guess so. Hey, you but... know what's crazy about the, the Rodriguez thing, too, is – the hell that she had to go through just to show up to the fight. You mm. heard about that? Yeah. You want to explain to those that haven't heard of though? 
Um, I mean, I don't know the exact details off the top of my head. Essentially, she landed in Vegas like like early last week. Um, or, or it was either like early or mid last week, just had gotten her visa within like a 10 day period of the fight. And so she just, it was, it was just like a really, really big hassle for her to make it over here. And that's kind of why, uh, they were having some trouble moving that to the main event for a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, so yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. it's crazy it's because that it's, she overcame uh, so much. Because if you remember the reports going to that is that Watterson signed the contract, but Rodriguez didn't, at least not yet because of logistical reasons. Those were the logistical reasons. If you're a non-American fighter, you know, a, a visa is a pretty important thing to have. I mean, Darren Tell's gone screwed by, by the visa or something like that, right? Yep. He's been one of those guys. So that, that was a tough one. But Rodriguez, she is right about there to getting a championship opportunity, if, if you really uh, want, want to think about that one. It's because she's a, it's is she a 125er or a 115 so, um, she's a well 150 i misspoke earlier with the flyweight it's a straw weight um but she's but they right just there. both fought at 125 because of the craziness yeah, yeah. so um, dang so yeah no that's crazy yeah she's, she's up there she's up yeah, there so probably in the top seven now top five she might be able to get in top five um we have a huge fight coming up soon though between yaja and, and carla esparza so that's really going to determine a possible title fighter or the the first uh opponent for Rose's second um, title, I just reign. can't believe Mackenzie Dern is number five. That's ridiculous. Do you not like that? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's because of who she beat, huh? Yeah, she because she she beat, uh, I guess Nunez. Now you can say yeah. Nina Nunez. Yeah, so that that's and she did beat a Nunez. Just crazy. <laughs> I wouldn't I, mind I, seeing Dern go against Rodriguez. I wouldn't see Rodriguez going against Joanna Yanjacek. The only problem there is that Joanna is really only asking for a title fight at this point. I, I like Dern and Rodriguez. I think that's another good one because I, I think they both too. need another fight before they go up there. If I would not mind that, Blake. That would if be Esparza a, got beat. If Esparza beat Rodriguez, I think Dern and Rodriguez is a good matchup because Esparza and Yaozan or whatever. How, I'm sorry, I pronounced that wrong. Jan Yan. Jan Yan. Uh, okay. if, if they're already matched up and you know uh, Yanjacek, I dang near think Whaley and Jacek should should run it back and uh, hey, see who gets the next title shot. If Whaley and Jacek were to run it back, I don't think you would hear a single complaint uh, from <laughs> that. Or at least, at the very least, you shouldn't complain about that fight because that would be nothing but amazing. Uh, but yeah, no. I like that, Blake. I like Rodriguez and Dern. That, that's good stuff right there. And maybe Michelle Watterson can, can sit down against like a a Verde Yonderoba or, or something like that near the bottom yeah, of the position. Some, I don't know. She needs um, to get she needs to get someone where she can, you know, look her get get her confidence back again, I guess. Yeah. Because as of right now, I'm kinda over her, you know. Mom champ. And I mean respect to her. She's a legend in, in the women's UFC, but uh it's just kind of going downhill at this point in time. Yeah. That's going to do it for our UFC Vegas 26 recap, though. And let's, I just, we've got some headlines we want to talk about before we roll into UFC 262 preview. And then, of course, our Nene of the week. But let's just talk about the MMA gods striking again, Blake, because as we kind of mentioned earlier on the show, we got Shabazz and Hermanson. That has been moved to May 22nd uh, on the card of uh, Rob Font and Cody Garbrandt. So, 
that gets a boost, but of course, 262 loses another fight, unfortunately. But you know, I guess we're still paying for the classic that 261 really was, huh? Could be, man. Who knows? I mean, I, I still have pretty high hopes for this card, though. I mean, yeah. Shabazzian and Hermanson were a really solid, really, really solid fight, but it just makes the Cody Garbrandt and Rob, uh, Rob Vaughn fight card even better. So mm-hmm. at least, at least it's just delayed one week and it's not. You know, like the, the TJ Corey Sandhagen thing where it's not even got a date yet, you know, or nope. or uh, Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards has to be postponed a month, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, this is the the least bad casualty we've gotten recently, but a casualty nonetheless. But a funny thing I kind of want to talk about is what happened, what came out actually on Monday, uh, the 10th, is that, I mean, speaking of Wei Li previously, Jay Wei Li's coach. Um, Yuen Kai says that the booing of the Florida crowd at UFC 261 threw her off her game, and he is blaming that on her loss to Thug Rose. And this has to be one of the worst excuses I've ever heard, because not only does it make your fighter look bad, it's just a weak excuse. Yeah, I, I don't know what they were going for on that one. It's just... Yeah, not not smart in any sense. So, can we think of a better excuse, real quick? I mean, I mean, you and me. Let's brainstorm this. Better excuse. Uh, uh, slippery. Ooh, slippery canvas. Slippery canvas. What about that? Yeah, I mean, you could have yeah. done weight cut. You could have done anything outside Dude, it's, of the it's, ring. It's human in Florida. Maybe the uh, the racist trash talk got to her head. <laughs> I don't know. Hey. It's- <laughs> but I think at the least, man, don't make your fighter look weak by having booing throw her off. Like, yeah, I thought I thought that was weird. That that that's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. And also, one of the last things uh, before UFC 262, can we talk about Chuck Liddell fighting Jake Paul? I just think is that's it? such a terrible idea because apparently Chuck Liddell he's come out and said that he's Quote, ready any time for a boxing fight with, or it's just a fight with Jake Paul because. That's just the last thing Chuck Liddell needs to be doing right now. You know, like live, live your life and enjoy your time that you have left with your family. And time left. I mean, you make it sound like he's about to die, Blake. Jeez. Just saying. Like, (laughs) just saying. Do it. Why are you trying to get more blows to the head when you've you were already one of the pioneers of the sport before all the, you know, changes in, in, uh, in, in sparring practice. And like, cause that's just now coming around. Like people are just now starting to say, Hey, let's tone it back a little bit. Chuck Liddell went through his whole career doing, you know, probably balls of the walls, hundred, 110% oh, yeah. on everything. Oh yeah. And so that's just what I'm saying. I'm not trying to shit on the guy. I'm just saying that dude's been through enough already and there's no reason in hell he should have to go through a freaking you know, boxing match with someone that's going to take it super serious like Jake is. But I, who wants this? Who wants this fight? If you're out there asking to see Chuck Liddell versus Jake Paul, check yourself, please. Because it's just not even interesting at all. No, at it's all. not. It's not interesting. It, it's not. It's not going to be a good fight. I'm Askren is going to be a better opponent. 
I, I, then Chuck Liddell, the last time we saw Chuck Liddell was like four years ago getting destroyed or like three, four years ago when he got murdered by Tio Ortiz in some really awful fight that should never even happen in the first place. Yep. Oh, he's a shell of his former self, man. It sucks. Uh, it, it does suck. But at the same time, I understand Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. I understand. I know it's Logan Paul fighting. Floyd Mayweather, right? Even though Jake Paul stole his hat and got beat up and got a black eye or something like that. It, this is so hard to keep up with sometimes. I'll be honest. I just, everything is happening. But we got that fight going on. We got Kamar Usman and Jake Paul talking smack with each other on Twitter. Yeah, Kamar Usman seeing if Jake Paul wants to step into the cage. I mean, this would be stupid. Kamar Usman would, would kill him in the boxing match, too. Let's come. Come on. I, I feel like that's a stupid thing to even talk about. But Chuck Liddell, where does this even come from? <laughs> Probably from Chuck because he's he's broke, you know? Oh, man. It, it's so sad to see this. You got Tito Ortiz making a clown of himself down there, I guess. is Was it at Huntington Beach? Like, is he like head, like mayor, mayor of Huntington Beach or something like that? And then now you have – so apparently – a fan asked Chuck Liddell, and Chuck Liddell said, I'm ready any time for that clown. Uh, no. I don't even think that's news. We, let's move on. Let's move on. I, man, I just had – I know it's not news, Blake. I just had to bring it up because of how re- – anything Jake Paul is ridiculous, but if you throw in Jake Paul and Chuck Liddell, uh, I, uh, I hate this world. I hate this world, and I hate that we're even talking about this. So, like, yeah, the only like, time I want to talk about Jake Paul is when his next fight is signed, and it's someone that's like, it's, it's, you know, like in actual reasonable. Fight. It's reasonable. I'm not saying he has to fight Canelo. I'm just saying <laughs> he needs to fight. He needs to fight someone reasonable now. If he wants to keep picking on MMA guys. You need to pick on guys that like can actually throw hands. You know, so Blake, you just, just keep that up. Let's let's have him fight Canelo. He gets his jaw broken. Oh, jeez, he would. I mean, you saw what he did to BJS, right? Yeah, he broke his face. He broke his face. Bad literally. man. It's a bad man right there. Canelo Alvarez is going to be the savior of boxing, I guess. Uh, man, who who the hell even knows? But yeah, no. Let's get rolling on into UFC two sixty two. And the best part about any card, of course, is going to be Blake's bangers. So, Blake, start us off this week with the fights that we need to watch and the ones that are guaranteed to hit as long as they actually make the card, I guess. Yeah, as long as no uh, COVID stuff or craziness happens. Uh, My first fight that I picked, uh, Lando Venata versus Mike Grundy. Mostly I picked it because Lando Venata, um, I think he's just a really exciting guy to watch. He throws mm-hmm. spinning stuff, you know. Uh, really... Hey, shoot, you, all, you had me at spinning stuff, Blake. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> he, he's just not shy in terms of his striking. Uh, he kind of leaves it all out there, throws everything in the kitchen sink at you. So that, that should be an interesting fight. I don't know mm-hmm. too much about Grundy, but, uh, you know, we'll, hopefully he's a game guy. And hopefully uh, Venata and him are good dance partners and we can see a fun fight. Um, Shane Burgos versus Edson Barboza. I think this is just the easy pick. Um, it's going to be, I think, action packed from the very beginning, probably very leg kick heavy from Barboza and Shane Burgos is going to be trying to spark him. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think, yeah, I think it really comes down to Burgos's hands versus Barboza's kicks. 
And it's going to be really interesting to see who wins this one. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Barbosa is be... always a solid candidate for this, especially because if you throw it back to Lester, his fight with Josh Emmett, uh, and for a lot of people, that was fight of the year. Now, uh, that was a tough one to argue with Jay Check and Wei Lee, but you know, um, definitely up there. And speaking of like Josh Emmett, man, I can't wait till he gets his ass back in the cage. Looks like his rehab's going well with his uh, super destroyed knee. Uh, so, uh, fingers crossed that we get to see him return to, to the cage soon because Sester not going to have a featherweight title shot for or a title fight for a while because of tough. Josh Emmett is the one to, to kind of bring some excitement to that division in the meantime. Uh, but let's get your last Blake's bangers of there's UFC. Our, uh, there's our weekly Josh Emmett shout out, you know. Hey, fan of the show, a uh, friend of the show, you know, on, on the interview. Also, shout out to Team Alpha Male in general. Shout out to you, one of the most underrated boxing coaches in all of MMA, Coach Joey Rodriguez. Legend. All right, last <laughs> Last banger is going to be Tony Ferguson versus Benil Dariush. Of course, right? What else? What else? There's nowhere else to really go on this card. Um, yeah, this, I mean, it's it's uh, the Boogeyman versus, I, I'm not really too sure Dariush's name, just a really nice guy uh, uh, from what it looks like in UFC Embedded 262. The Dariush show is what it's very, Another right? very tough fight for me to pick, man, because I think mm-hmm. this one, it kind of depends which Tony Ferguson shows up that night. Um, if it's the Tony of old, you know, I, I think he, he has the tools to get it done against anyone as his 12 fight win streak shows. Well, Blake, you if, got break up into two different eras, I guess, for Tony. You got pre Gaethje and post Gaethje. Well, I don't even think it's really that, man. I, I, yes, the Gaethje fight was bad, but it's like he still showed up bad to the, to the Oliveira fight. Mm. Um, I think maybe this is going to be better for him. It's not on fight Island. It's nothing out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. It's going to be as close to normal as he's been used to from before. So maybe he gets back into his, you know, routine. He gets back into what he's, you know, it's worked for him. And, uh, and, and there's not like a, I don't know. He made, he made some crazy excuses before the Oliveira fight. So what I'm hoping is that there's just no excuses for him this time. And you can go out there and perform and be, you know, just everything is, is, is a level playing field for him in his mind, because then I think he'll, he'll have nothing, you know, no worries going in there in the cage. And that's what I want to see. I want to see, does this guy still have it? Is he really the guy that everyone thought could beat Habib back right. in the day? Or is, is he kind of on his, you know, downhills kind of turning slope? But on the other side of that fight, you got Doryu. She's proven to be an absolute stud and one of the most underrated fighters in this extremely stacked lightweight division. Yep, absolutely. And that's gonna that's another, you know, it's a monkey wrench that you're kind of throwing in there. It's kind so, of sucky. So I mean it's hard to use and you're saying it's hard to pick this fight. Can we get your prediction for this one, Blake? No, not yet. Not yet. What do you mean not yet? Cause I'm not gonna let you get any type of little hints on what I'm doing. You said I'm doing a main event pick tonight. Yeah. That's it. I'm not giving you no help on your picks. I'm getting my title back. I'm getting my strap back. Boy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. I think this is. Okay. Okay. Well, of course, you know, Blake's talking about the reigning, defending, undisputed, fourth and long. Suck my pick title holder. Blake. I'm going for my second. I'm going for this. Win is it my three times in a row. Champion, okay. Win it three times in a row. You and Jalen can't do that. I'm the um, only one. Okay. 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 
Uh, fair enough. But hey, you're talking to the inaugural champ, Blake. Put some respect on the name, okay? Won it and then defended it. I didn't. I have not won it and defended it um, three times in a row, though. So, Blake, I'm coming for that. This is the first of three title defenses to, 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 to uh, try to get up to your reign, okay? I'm coming for you. Trash. Coming for you. Coming for you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but like you alluded to, let's roll on into our uh, kind of predictions with the main event and then fight of the night uh, predictions for this card. The first one, main event. And Blake, I'm just going to tell you right now that it is going to be Michael Chandler in his second UFC fight, getting it done in the second round with a KO. He's going to search Charlie Olives because, of course, shout out to, uh, um, to Dan Hooker for bringing that into the world because, I mean, I'll never get tired of little Charlie Olives action. Michael Chandler starts aforementioned Dan Hooker. And, I mean, look, look at what we can do. What The way you look at this, uh, what a lot of people are saying is that if – uh, Chandler wants to win this fight, he has to keep it standing. If Olives wants to win this fight, he has to get to the ground and use his jiu-jitsu the when he murdered the the way he murdered you know Tony Ferguson, the way he moved Tony Ferguson's arm in a way that no arm should ever bend. And I still have no idea how Tony Dan tapped to that. But at the same time, I think people are under underestimate Chandler's ability on the ground in his wrestling. This dude is a all-American. This guy has won titles because of his wrestling. I like I showed you this footage a while ago. Um, like like I believe a few weeks and maybe a month ago with him pretty much dominating Kamar Usman in wrestling at practice. Right? Right? So I mean it looked like they were going back and forth for sure. Yeah, I, but it's shoot, ain't a lightweight being able to stand up to Kamar Usman in wrestling. That's good stuff. So Michael Chandler is great on the ground. I don't really think he needs to, though. He gets it done and he uh it's going to piss a lot of people off by winning the UFC title in his second fight with the promotion. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm actually going to one-up you and do round one. Oh, okay. Round one KO, Michael Chandler. I just think that uh, we kind of got a little sneak preview to it with Fajeda and uh, Gillespie. Mm-hmm. And I just think that there's no way. I don't know. I just think, yeah, it's going to come down to the hands, really. I mean, Chandler is just too good on the ground. I think he's not going to be getting ragdolled like Tony did. No, there's just, there's just no way he's a strong, compact dude. You know, I think that's where his, he's a big lightweight. You think, you think size, like in terms of height matters, but I I think it actually doesn't in fighting. It really can actually kind of, the smaller guy can actually kind of be favorable in some situations. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, look at that Dan Hooker fight. Knocked his ass out round one. Right. And he was supposedly shorter than Dan Hooker. Oh, yeah. Big time. I think Hooker's like six foot. He's like 5'11", yeah. six foot. Hooker's a big dude. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Chandler's got all the, all the tools it takes to, to beat Oliveira. It's just, uh, yeah, he's got to be careful and not get caught with anything stupid. You know, don't don't get mm-hmm. Kev, Kelvin Gaslam against Hermanson. Mm-hmm. You know, I maybe, maybe we're going to see uh, – we're going. We're going to see him uh, pull uh, Charlie Olives pull a uh, piece of the page out of the playbook of Tony Ferguson, the guy he just beat. Maybe him with a little, little your inaugural and, and try to pick the ankle. <laughs> never know. Never know. Anything could happen. It Jeez. is what it is, as Max Holloway says. Yeah, Every know. other sentence. 
<laughs> straight up all max holloway is is a guy that is a significant striker title or like you know record holder and he just is, is what it is so uh god bless that man it's blessed express time especially on the show two huge fans of the legend max holloway but now let's get our predictions for fight of the night and like i you there's a couple that really stand out here but i am going to go with ferguson and darius just because I really don't know what the hell to expect out of this fight. We really could get anything and everything. And especially with a guy like Tony Ferguson, that just does weird stuff. I, I guess that's the best way to describe it. He just does weird stuff, okay? He just does stuff that doesn't make Throws sense. Throws imaginary sand <laughs> in the middle of fights. Or, or say, I think that's a safe pick. I mean, it just depends right? on if someone uh, – because the way it sounds like is Dariush is going to be coming out. He said he's going to try to out-crazy Tony. I love that, so, right? I love that. If you try to so, one-up Tony, you really got to do something. I mean, Tony's a guy that gets punched in the face and does a somersault to get away from that. So, I mean, I really don't know what to expect. I'm super excited about this one. But your five night prediction. Mine is going to be Shane Burgos versus Edson Barboza, and that's Easy. just based upon sheer yeah. violence. I think they're both going <laughs> to just go in there and try to kill each other. So, I think uh, I think that's a pretty safe pick. Yeah, I, it, so I'm going off of craziness. You're going off of violence. And if we get what we are expecting, I really don't think we can lose on this card. Straight no, up. There's, there should be at least three or four really, really good fights on this main card, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like people might be brushing off this card, you know, not being as excited for it. We're, nonetheless, we're still looking at, what, 18,000 people there at Toyota Center there in Houston? So even by sheer crowd noise alone, this is going to be a fantastic card. You, you, you can't deny it. And, ladies and gentlemen, before we wrap things up, let's get the best segment in all of sports entertainment and UFC. Let's talk about the Nene of the week. And, Blake, this week, making an appearance from PFL in their most recent event was a PFL, uh, the third PFL event of 2021. We had a heavyweight matchup between Fabricio Verdum and Renan Ferreira. And we got one where Renan, he has, he seemingly taps uh, from Verdum's was a little, uh, I think it's an arm bar he had in there, like a, a triangle hold. Um, the ref doesn't stop the fight. And then Verdum proceeds to get KO'd. This, although, has been taken to the mission. Um, uh, Verdum did appeal this. It has been overturned to a no contest, which I, I think is the fair thing to do in this situation. But, Blake, most importantly, the biggest question of MMA weekend, uh, did he tap? I think so, yeah. It looked like he tapped to me. It looked like a, at least a solid two-tapper. Mm-hmm. And that's just – you're never – I don't know. I don't think you're ever going to do that in a fight for any reason, unless you're trying to cheat and get someone, you know, uh, while the ref is on the other side, mm-hmm. maybe not looking. Uh, so I, I didn't like it. I don't think that there's any place for that to, to even think about trying that in this sport. Um, so, yeah, I think the right decision was made by overturning it and giving it a no contest. I, I don't think that Verdum should have been given the dub just because, you know, what's happened has already kind of happened, mm-hmm. but it just kind of sucks uh, that the sure. referee kind of missed that. Yeah. And that Verdum had to take those hits because those hits were freaking gnarly. Those were heavy. Those were heavy. I mean, you can't deny that. It looked weird because 
it's always hard to call something and tap like a, a like when you it's almost universal when you tap like three times you know then it, it's apparent you know most of the time when people tap it's it's apparent that they're tapping it wasn't apparent that Renan was tapping here he tapped twice but also the two taps it didn't look like he was like a normal MMA move it looked like a deliberate tap which was weird right it, it, yeah. This is one of the worst scenarios. This is, I mean, a, a no contest is really the best you can do in this situation. But nonetheless, that is still in my book getting nannied. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for UFC Talk for this week's edition of it. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us your predictions about UFC 262. Who's going to win this huge main event? Is Charlie Olives going to be able to pull off, I believe, the betting upset? Or... Is Michael Chandler going to be able to get his hands on the UFC lightweight title, one of the most prestigious belts in all of MMA, in all of combat sports, in just his second fight with the promotion? But, Blake, before we sign off, let's talk about Patreon because, of course, if you go to patreon.com slash fourth along, like we said at the beginning of the show, you can become a very prestigious member of our Patreons. Just $1 a month is all it takes. And shout out to our Patreon supporters, Ray Rodriguez, for all your card collecting needs. Go to at the big bat box on Instagram. Shout out to Ryan Watson and Neil Wiley in his YouTube channel, Chosen Problems. Blake, your thoughts on UFC 262 in one word or phrase. Hmm, I would say electrifying. Electrifying. That's exactly what it's going to be with 18,000 screaming fans. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you after that card in what's sure to be an electric event. <laughs>